Today is Sunday, June 2nd, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman, and episode 317 featuring longtime sporting news NBA insider Sean Devaney is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Go to clnsmedia.com slash Celticsbeat and use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% bonus on your first deposit. Hard to believe, but June. It's already June, and there's going to be so much to talk about. There already is, as it concerns the NBA. Welcome into Celtics Beat. Adam Kaufman here with you. And we're just going to, as we've done over the last couple weeks, right? I mean, there was Kendrick Perkins. There was Gary Washburn. Last week, both Aaron Baines, Adam Himmelsbach. We've already taken a deep dive into a lot of the issues concerning the Celtics, questions facing the Celtics, some of the individual players. And this is actually a big month in terms of decision-making because Kyrie Irving, Aaron Baines, they both have until June 13th to decide whether to opt in or hit free agency. My, well, everybody knows Irving is going to opt out. My guess ultimately is that Baines will opt in, but we'll find out. He seemed to indicate that when he was on last week. Al Horford has till June 18th to make his decision on that $30 million option. I'm guessing, I've talked about this, I think he is going to negotiate a longer-term deal with a lower average annual value with the Celtics. So I don't think he's going to opt in on that, but time will tell. We can get into that in a little bit. Obviously, there are some other guys as well. Terry Rozier, Celtics have to decide whether to tender that $4.3 million qualifying offer. So there are a lot of things on Danny Ainge's plate as he continues to inch his way back into a a full workload and and we've heard from a variety of people that he's healthy he's doing well we know he's up and around he was at John Havlicek's memorial ceremony just recently so that's all good so it's it's going to be a busy time and the NBA draft is coming later this month and technically you know it's no more ask me July 1st Kyrie Irving technically it's June 30th at 6 p.m. is when free agency is going to begin that is a new change this year so those among the things that are on the plate today as well as a lot of your questions. going to be kind of a mailbag type of show here. And without further ado, the guy who's going to join me for it, long of the sporting news, two decades there. Let's bring in Sean Devney. How are you, Sean? I'm doing well, Adam. How are you? Good. It's great to have you. And, uh, you know, for people that are catching on, obviously, at the sporting news for a long, long time, as I mentioned, and I'm a big fan of your work. I know I'm not alone. You've been on both my radio shows, this podcast, for on a regular basis for quite a long time as well. I'm, I'm very eager to see what it is that you wind up doing next as you transition and continue to cover the NBA, but uh, I know it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. You know, a lot of possibilities out there, so uh, um, you know, had to uh, uh, like you say, two decades in the, in this business. That's a rare thing. So uh, very grateful for that, and uh, uh, and very eager to uh, uh, to find what's next. But uh, uh, still uh, going to be covering this uh, this this off season, and still going to be uh, uh, fascinated by by what goes down. I think this will be the most interesting off season we've had. Uh, you know, certainly since 2016. You could probably argue uh, since 2010. Yeah, I mean, you you consider, and it's not just the Celtics, obviously. It's, I mean, that's a big part of it, and there are dominoes there, most especially with Kyrie Irving and will the Seas go after Anthony Davis and some of the things that we can go even deeper on, but it's also Kawhi Leonard in the NBA Finals right now. Is he going to move? Kevin Durant on the other side of that matchup, as he efforts to get healthy and, and be part of this series, is he going to move on? Clay Thompson, could he move on? There could be a lot of big-name guys Plus the Rockets, and we'll talk about them later. Daryl Morey's just looking to blow up that operation to try and turn them into a, a legitimate title contender, which they've been on the fringe of for the past several years, really since Harden arrived. So there are there are a lot of high-profile guys that could be on the move this summer. Yeah, and and you know, like I say, you could you could go back to 2016 uh, to when you had the level of interest, uh, you know, with with Kevin Durant making his decision, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and a bunch of teams. You had that spike in the cap, uh, and and I would compare it to that, except this time around. Uh, you know, there's no Timothy Mozgov. There's no need to spend money on Bismack Biombo. You've got a lot of players. Or Evan Turner. A lot of caps. <laughs> yeah, or Evan Turner for that matter. Right, right. So a lot of those bad contracts we saw given out in 2016, which were given out pretty much because teams had money and no one to spend it on. Now you've got teams that have money 
and they've got some players to spend it on. There's actually good players who are worth the contracts they're going to get. Uh, I think that's what makes makes this uh, uh, as interesting uh, uh, an off season we've had since since 2010, which of course is when uh, uh, when LeBron and Chris Bosh went to uh, uh, went to Miami. Well, normally what I tend to do is save Twitter questions for the end of the show when uh, when we end up having time to take them, except what I want to do here, a little bit different because of the offseason, I want to make sure we have time to take them. We're going to take them right off the top of the show. We've got a, a bunch of good Let's ones that, that involve a, a lot of the issues that I otherwise would have discussed with you anyway, so why not let the listeners dictate the show here? So this first one, Sean, comes from Corey B. 8 and this is, you know, you can go in a zillion different directions. In fact, this particular Twitter user kind of wants you to. The question is, what is the Celtics' plan A, B, and C this offseason? Yeah, plan A remains uh, to bring back this group uh, and and try to make a trade for Anthony Davis. I, I really think that that's been Danny Ainge's plan for, uh, for, for more than a year now, um, and I don't think anything has backed him off that. If you know Ainge, if you've followed him, if you've watched uh, 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 what he's done, uh, you know, when he kind of locks in on, on, on the player he wants or, or, or the team that he wants, especially superstars, uh, you know, he doesn't necessarily just give up. Uh, you know, we saw that with Kevin Garnett mm. uh, and, uh, and, and eventually with Kyrie Irving, uh, and, uh, and I think it's going to be the same way with Anthony Davis, where he's going to be willing uh, to take that gamble on Anthony Davis and 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 hope that he could bring back Kyrie Irving. Uh, now there are people within the organization, and and uh, you know I'm sure you've heard this too, Adam, that that would be fine letting Kyrie Irving walk and getting back to hey, let's build around the young guys that we have. Let's, right. let's build around Tatum and, and Jalen Brown uh, and and keep Terry Rozier and uh, and let these guys develop together, uh, develop with. Gordon Hayward, uh, and, 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 you know, that to me is probably plan C uh, just because I don't think that's what Danny wants to do. You know, I think Danny does want uh, to, to, to stay at a certain level in terms of uh, where his superstars are. He's a big believer in having those elite players and not necessarily having a bunch of very good players. So uh, I think that's probably plan C. So the question becomes, all right, what's the middle ground there? Uh, what, does, what, what does Danny do if he strikes out? with Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis, uh, is there a move there uh, that can be made, you know, a Mike Conley trade or something like that? Uh, you know, that I think is, is, is probably a long shot, but, uh, uh, but I think that's, that's going to be plan B. Is, is, is there a veteran uh, we don't have to commit to long-term? You know, you don't want to get in, uh, in a situation where you've got a bad contract on your hands uh, over a long period of time, uh, but, but that's going to be uh, probably Probably the plan B is, okay, uh, if we strike out on, on, on Kyrie and Anthony Davis, let's find a trade uh, that can upgrade us, that can get us a star player in here, uh, and, uh, and, and keep us uh, uh, as a legitimate contender. Piggybacking on that Twitter question then, so if, and obviously going off of what you were saying with plan A and that being bring back Kyrie and trade for Davis, if Kyrie goes, though, if he walks, is the effort still there? Is it still the same to trade for Davis and bring him in with this group without Irving? Yeah, I, uh, that I, I can't really say for sure, I, and I just would have to speculate. You know, in terms of what I've seen from Danny Ainge before, I still think he would go for Anthony Davis. I think he'd try to figure out something else at point guard. Uh, but uh, you know, whether it's Rozier or whether it's a trade for another guy, uh, I think that they would still uh, uh, pursue Anthony Davis. I, I don't think that would necessarily uh, change. I think this is a guy that Danny has wanted uh, for years now, and and has anticipated uh, him coming available. And and now that he is available, I don't think he's going to miss the chance to try to get him, even if Davis doesn't commit to staying. Uh, I think that uh, uh, you know, th- th- there's been sort of a recent uh, uh, a recent trend. And, and, hey, you know, maybe you take these chances. And, and you know, Kawhi Leonard being uh, a good example with the Raptors. Of course, Paul George staying with mm-hmm. Oklahoma City. So, you know, I think there is sort of, a, a, you know, something there where you can say, okay, we can get him into Boston and convince him to stay, uh, you know, once he's here. Well, and, and that was the approach with Kyrie Irving. And we'll find out whether or not, you know, the, the two-year sample mm-hmm. size was enough. But I, I guess that's, 
that's what a lot of people come back to when it is Davis. If he won't give you that, even that wink, wink, nudge, nudge, I'm going to stick around, and, and I don't think he will, how aggressive is Ainge willing to get to uh, gamble on a flight risk effectively? Yeah, I, I think he'll still be pretty, uh, you know, pretty aggressive. Again, I go back to, you know, Kevin Kevin Garnett didn't necessarily want to be in Boston, uh, and, and and certainly fought that initially uh, when, uh, when when those trades first came up. Uh, you know, but geez, I guess it's been 12 years now. So, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, you know, when when those first the trade possibilities first came up, um, you know, that he he, he wanted no part of it, and uh, and and I think that that experience uh, will kind of uh, uh, has stuck with Ainge, and and will kind of guide him uh, as he as he continues uh, uh, to pursue Anthony Davis, because I think it's much the same thing. I think he's going to be trying to um, you know persuade a guy who doesn't necessarily want to be. There to stay, and and I think uh, uh, I think that's how he's going to view it. Is 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 this is a guy uh, who is an elite player uh, and uh, and and can help us win a championship? Uh, let's get him, and then we'll we'll worry about everything else after that. More on Anthony Davis for a moment, because reportedly still wants out in New Orleans, even after a first chat with GM David Griffin and his agent Rich Paul. The dialogue is going to continue. Personally, I'm not alone. I might be in a minority. I could see AD staying put at least until the trade deadline to give this a shot with Zion Williamson and give it a shot with David Griffin and see if there's anything there. But again, I know a lot of people and and the reports from Shams and others are that he's still looking to, to move on. So Celtics, Lakers, Knicks, others are interested. You've already mentioned the fact that you expect Danny Ainge to be aggressive. Griffin has been vocal about wanting to keep Davis, and why wouldn't he? How do you think this ultimately does play out? I think that uh, that ultimately he winds up getting traded. I, I, and I think what David Griffin's doing is the smart thing because, A, you, know, you are uh, sort of keeping up uh, so, some sort of trade value by saying we want to keep this guy. This isn't somebody we're desperate to trade. So I think that's step one. Step two is uh, for him, you want to repair the relationship with Rich Paul, uh, which obviously the organization uh, that was that was torn apart this year. And 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 um, you know whatever happens, you might need Rich Paul down the road. And and David Griffin has a relationship going back to when LeBron was in Cleveland and, and David Griffin was in Cleveland. So I think that's the other reason you see David. Griffin doing this, uh, but I think he knows. You know, he knows that that that, that he's got to trade him. But uh, but but this is good PR, and it's good for, uh, for for sort of mending fences, and it's good to, uh, uh, to to kind of get everybody back on the same page and and make this a positive thing rather than an adversarial thing. So I think that's what great David Griffin's doing. But he still knows he's got to trade the guy. You know, and and you don't want to wait till February because you're not going to get the same you're not going to get the same return. So I I, I think. That uh, uh, that he's kind of going through some uh, you know kabuki theater here that uh, uh, that is still going to wind up in the same place and that is trying to find the right offer. He doesn't want to trade him the Western Conference, uh, you know, and 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 I don't know how hard he's going to hold on to that because he might have to let that go, uh, you know, if the Lakers make the best offer. Uh, if another team, a dark horse team, and this is something that I've heard as well that that you know maybe Denver gets involved and yeah. and and like I say looks at what what Kawhi Leonard is doing uh, and says you know he could be our Kawhi Leonard and uh, you know it might be just one year but but uh, you look at that Denver team you put Anthony Davis on it with Jokic and uh, and you know you have to trade you know either Harris or Murray but uh, but you know when you start putting that together. Uh, you can see where that could be a contender uh, right there. So you, you could see a dark horse involved with that as well. Um, but, so, you know, I think that, that, that there are going to be some different possibilities. Uh, Brooklyn has come up. I think that that's a real possibility as well. Uh, but, but I think that this, this trade happens this summer. You know, whatever it winds up being, it's going to happen this summer. This is not something uh, that the Pelicans want to, uh, to, to have drag into next year. I just think that that would be uh, too much. You're going to have Zion Williamson coming in here. You want to have some good feeling, uh, you know, starting out next year, starting out the Zion Williamson era. Uh, and uh, and you don't want it to start with this uh, Anthony Davis cloud sort of hanging over the franchise. Well, we both have kids, so let's play a little game of connect the dots here. You've already said then that you think Danny Ainge is going to go balls to the wall to get him, and you just said you think he's going to be traded. Does that mean ultimately you believe Anthony Davis will be a Celtic next year? I still think that's how it goes. I still think that, that, that they are going to um, – you know, determine that 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 they'll have a chance to re-sign him. 
Um, you know, the, the, the stories about him not wanting to be in Boston were more about the agent wanting him to be in, in L.A. Uh, so I think that's, that's, that's what that's more about. And, and you know, I, again, I hate to keep coming back to the Kawhi Leonard example, but, but, but the notion that, that he didn't want to be in Toronto mostly came from the agent as well. I mean, you know, look, he could still sign with, with the Clippers or Lakers uh, this summer, uh, but but it was mostly agent driven, you, you know that 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 the agent wanted him uh, in L.A. Uh, so you know this 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 could be the same thing that that you know once it becomes the player's decision, uh, you know all of a sudden, uh, well I, I kind of like it here, I don't want to leave. So um, you know I I think that that's that's the chance that Danny Ainge is going to take, and and like I say, I think he's he's been uh, uh, aggressive with this kind of thing before, and I would expect him to continue to be aggressive and. Uh, uh, I think Davis. I think they can put together the best package, uh, and I think Davis winds up uh, uh, in uh, in Boston. Music to a lot of people's ears. I know that. I'll be fascinated to see how all that plays out. I feel like I keep using that word, but it's exactly what this off season is. In the spirit of talking guard, Sean, because so much of the off season conversation for the Celtics does surround the point guard position, whether it's Irving, whether it's Rozier. I've had a lot of people ask me, and this includes at DT Faraday on Twitter, is Danny Ainge going to bring Isaiah Thomas back next season? I'd be really surprised if he did. Um, you know, I, I know everything's been smoothed over uh, publicly. I think there's still a lot of bitterness there on on, on Thomas's part. Um, you know, look, he's going to be in a position where he'll have to take the best contract he could get. You know, that's that's just what his situation is now. Uh, so if the Celtics wanted to bring him back, certainly they could. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I I just don't think that's something that he wants to necessarily revisit. Uh, and I do think he'll get some other uh, some other offers that uh, uh, you know, especially if uh, uh, if if Kyrie walks uh, and there is a spot open. Uh, I I think he'd have to understand that his role is not going to be what it was, mm-hmm. and uh, and and that's not necessarily the guy you want to play that role anyway. So, um, you know, I I, I think he's, he he'll wind up elsewhere. I think there is still a lot of bitterness on his part, uh, and and that he might get more opportunities as 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 a featured player uh, somewhere else. You know, whether it's uh, uh, in Orlando or, or or someplace like that. We'll get right back to Sean. Want to take a quick break? Tell you today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. NBA playoffs coming to a close. NBA Finals a game in and maybe a long way to go if the Raptors can actually continue this fight. Last chance for you to make some money on actual NBA games. And as we record right now, the Warriors minus 275 to win the Finals. Toronto had some moments in Game 1. We know that. Can they pull it off? The Raptors? Well, great value right now at plus 230. BetOnline.ag also has fun player props. Think Toronto can hold Curry under 42% from three, for instance? Well, that bet is minus 110. So go to clnsmedia.com slash Celticsbeat. Get a 50% bonus when you sign up and use the promo code CLNS50. Don't be left on the sidelines with all this excitement going on in the court, all right? Plus, you can play in BetOnline's virtual casino. You can make some money there, too. You always have futures bets you can play. MLB season, that is in full swing. NFL futures are already out. NHL playoffs, too. Stanley Cup, and we know, Bruins, Blues, Let's see what happens there. There's a lot going on, as there always is in the sporting world. Whatever you do, make sure you use betonline.ag and use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% bonus on your first deposit. Just go to clnsmedia.com slash Celticsbeat. This right here, it's it's going to be a big talking point. It already is, frankly, from at bleed underscore green underscore 17. I saw the Celtics have been in contact with the Rockets. What do you think about the idea of doing a sign and trade of Al Horford for Clint Capella, then being part of a deal for AD? It, it gets th- This question gets a little cumbersome, but at the core of it, Sean, this is what people are talking about. It's Daryl Morey, as I mentioned off the top of the show, wants to blow this thing up in Houston, potentially anyway, because... He's tired of getting knocked out by the Warriors in the uh, in the conference finals, which has happened a couple of times, and their season's been ended a, a few times by Golden State. And so, Maury, I don't think James Harden's going anywhere. That would shock me. I really don't think Chris Paul's going anywhere because that contract is an albatross. It's three years, $124 million left. He's, what, 33, 34 years old. He struggles to stay healthy. I think Maury would be exceptionally fortunate to be able to get that contract off the books. But a guy, probably the guy, who is really appealing for Houston is Clint Capella. He's only a year into a five-year, $90 million deal. He's young, I think 25 years old. We know he's a very, very good player, and that's the guy that most teams, including potentially the Celtics, if in fact they have been in touch, 
would be targeting, I would think. Not that Ainge for fun probably wouldn't ask about uh, James Harden, but what do you think the likelihood is here that Danny Ainge is, is targeting anybody specific on that roster? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you have to look at Capella. Uh, certainly, uh, uh, you know, if you're if you're trying to put together a package uh, that meets what Houston wants, which is uh, to make it more competitive uh, in the uh, in the short term uh, with James Harden, try to get the most they can out of his prime years. Uh, then, uh, then certainly a deal involving Capella uh, and and Al Horford makes some sense for both sides. Um, you know, it, certainly if you get Eric Gordon in the deal, uh, that would be terrific too. But, uh, uh, but you know, that's that's I I, I think with Capella, um, you know, they're 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 probably looking for um, you know multiple assets. They're looking for draft picks for sure. So the Celtics would have to include uh, something along those lines. Uh, but but you know, I think that they're looking for uh, you know multiple assets who can uh, you know fill out that roster a little bit as well. So uh, to have have to package put together a package uh, and that that would pretty much only bring back Al Horford and and, and a draft pick. Uh, you know, just just the way the numbers line up. Um, you know, that 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 I think would be would be tough. You know, they'd have to maybe find a third team or something else to uh, to make that work. But certainly Capella is. Uh, you know, as far as being a pick and roll uh, uh, center, a guy who can finish around the rim, a guy who knows what his role is and and, and can be uh, effective defensively, he's a guy who uh, you'd, you'd have to like uh, if you, if you're Danny Ainge. But uh, uh, but I just don't think that that's uh, uh, that that's high up on the list right now. You know, I just think that uh, uh, you know we talked about Anthony Davis and uh, and I, th- I still think that's the priority. Um, and and if they have to turn to something like a Capella trade, uh, then they would. But uh, but but there's going to be time for that. The stuff with 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 Daryl Morey and and the Rockets and and what he's trying to do with that roster is probably going to play out after the draft. I'd be surprised if if that any of that really went down before the draft. I think that's going to be uh, something that kind of comes after that first wave of free agency when you have um, you, you know teams kind of the dust is settling and you're, you're kind of re- Counting what uh, what you got and what you still need, and then you then you go to the Rockets and you look to make a trade at that point. I wonder this every year, and it gets talked about every off season. Just the the timeline of events of the NBA calendar, and it, it seems especially noteworthy this year. I, I've heard, for instance, I think it was Jackie McMullen mentioned on on a podcast. She said, "I, I wonder if." Kyrie Irving, if he decides he's leaving, and hopefully that's not the case, but if he decides he's leaving, would he be so inclined to tell Danny Ainge ahead of the draft so that Ainge, whether it's with draft picks and making a trade or whether it's just his strategy in the draft itself, however you want to shake it out, it may alter things, obviously, because as we know, I mean, uh, not a lot of trades happen involving draft picks after the draft. It it almost never happens, at least not with significant draft picks. It's always that either leading up to it or more typically in the NBA on draft night. And so do you think that that, again, the NBA calendar of, of the draft being June 20th and 10 days later free agency begins and with Kyrie being such a domino and Anthony Davis being able to be acquired by Boston come June 30th, July 1st, whatever it technically is, that this is is going to hamstring Ainge at all? Yeah, and, you know, they have been uh, – I have talked to people who say that, that, that they have been, you know, poking around about the, the – they've got 14, 20, and 22 – uh, about trying to maybe consolidate those picks into a pick for next year. Um, you know, the, the, the thinking being then they'll know, uh, you know, whether they basically trying to punt on these picks. Well, they don't uh, need to and, add three first-rounders uh, and, and, to this and, roster. And, Right, right, right. But they might need to next year. Right. So, so the idea is, you know, if you can, if you can package them with the team. Problem is that this isn't a great draft. It's not a terribly deep, deep draft, and uh, and 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 so there aren't a lot of teams clamoring for for number twenty and number twenty two, uh, especially if you're thinking that you're going to be a lottery team next year. Um, you know, that's that's not ne- necessarily something that a lot of teams are going to do. But 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 certainly that's something that the Celtics have explored. Is is you know, can we come Consolidate some of these picks uh, into a pick next year when we'll have a better idea what's going on. When, when if we need to make a trade, where if we're going to make an Anthony Davis trade, um, you know, then we then we have a, a pick next year we can offer rather than uh, you know having to draft players this year and then trade them after the draft. You know that 
that's that that's something that they've certainly looked at. But you're right. You know, I mean, the the the, the timing and the schedule of the uh, of uh, of things. Is, and I've heard people suggest that that they should have the draft after free agency. That the draft should come, uh, you know, in July. And certainly that makes some sense as well. But uh, um, but yeah, you know, it's 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 definitely something that uh, uh, that is a challenge for the uh, uh, for the Celtics right now, and that they're trying to figure out uh, exactly how to navigate that because they might be in a position, like you say, where you're, where you're drafting players that you intend to trade uh, and you're just going to guess who the other team that you're going to make a trade with might want and 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 that's an uncomfortable position to be in I'd alluded to this a little bit before in talking about the Rockets and I as I already said I think the idea is asinine but I'll ask the question in the event that you happen to have a different opinion uh, this one comes from Sailboat Studios is it smart to trade for Chris Paul if Kyrie leaves no uh, for the reasons you said I mean he's missed He's missed. The problem is, it, all right. He's missed twenty games three years in a row, and and that you'd say, oh geez, you know that's that's bad, right? Uh, but then you look, and you know, one part of that he missed a bunch of games. He had that thumb injury. Uh, geez, that was like three years ago when he was in uh, L.A. Uh, but other than that, the thing that bothers me is that he's had a left hamstring injury, a significant left left, uh, left hamstring injury every year for the last three years. That was his main injury this year that kept him out the most. I think he kept him out 17 games this year. Uh, now, that's a problem. You know, that, that's a sign that this isn't something that, uh, uh, that you know, is a, is a fluke injury. You twist your ankle, that happens, you know, or, or Kevin Durant's got the calf strain, whatever, that happens, you know. But, uh, but, but a hamstring injury that you keep hurting three years in a row that causes you to miss significant time, that to me says, you know, you're getting old. <laughs> you know, your things are catching up to you. Certainly, his numbers. You can look at his numbers. His pick and roll numbers were way down this year. You know, he was. Uh, he's usually in the, like the 90th percentile in terms of his efficiency on the pick and roll. He was 59th percentile this year. Uh, so I mean, he's he's just that the age is just it's just too uh, stark what's happening in terms of in terms of his age. He's turned 33, uh, and uh, you know a, a lot of guys have found ways to get around that. You know, LeBron and uh, and and you go back to you know Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. Uh, you know, they they found ga- ways to to play longer than. Than players usually do in the NBA, uh, but 32-33 is usually, especially for point guards, that's when things start to fall apart. Uh, and you can see that happening with Chris Paul. You throw in, uh, as you said, the $120 million contract. You just don't want any piece of that. This question gives me a headache, uh, but, but it's but it's but it's all over it's all over social media, and I'm, I'm not I'm not even calling out the particular user. I, I appreciate the question uh, from ne2k18. It's just the notion that it's out there bothers me and and what i'm getting at here is bruce cassidy and the bruins they're in the stanley cup final maybe a third champ in town when all is said and done bill belichick we know what he's accomplished alex cora red sox are slowly getting back on track but a franchise year in year one as a major league manager 108 wins they win the world series so in the company of that all that achievement and the celtics vastly underachieving this past year suddenly Brad Stevens sucks. That's just, that's, that's, you know, it's the what have you done for me lately? And people forget about the win total improving each of his first six years in the NBA and over 50 wins on a couple occasions, conference finals trips multiple times. It's people only think about the fact that he didn't, he had his most talented roster that he's ever had, didn't get nearly enough out of them. Kyrie may bolt. They bow out in a, a lifeless effort against the Milwaukee Bucks. And it's, oh, my God, how long is this guy going to be around? So the question is, how long do you think we stick with Brad Stevens if the next three years we don't reach the finals? I mean, I you know, if, if the finals are your goal, then that's it's it, it's kind of tough because you, we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you don't know what kind of team he's going to be given. Uh, we don't know who's going to make what decisions in free agency. So we don't we don't know exactly what he's going to be working with. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, you know, three more years after after he's been here, what uh, six years? So you know, if 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 nine seasons. You know, it might be time after nine seasons for sure, uh, but you just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you don't know what kind of teams he's going to have. Uh, you know, he's certainly proven uh, as an X's and O's coach. He's certainly proven to be among the best in the league. I think he needs to uh, be better in terms of how he manages the locker room, in terms of having a grip on, uh, you know, if there's tension in there and how to diffuse it. 
Um, you know, maybe he needs uh, different assistant coaches uh, who can who, who can do a better job of uh, of, uh, of sort of uh, having a voice in the locker room. Uh, that that was something that seemed to be lacking this year. Um, so, you know, I think there's there's certainly some things you'd like to see him get better at. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I just don't know. Um, my, my question, whenever somebody says, well, we should fire the coaches, okay, who are you going to bring in who's going to make things different? Uh, and I think that you can say that with Brad. Is, is all right, uh, you, you know, who was going to do a better job with this team than what Brad did? I don't think there's any coach out there that was going to get Kyrie Irving uh, to get along with the young guys, that was going to get, um, you know, more of a bridge to uh, – uh, to to, to that uh, uh, to that locker room when it really needed it. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't see any that, that that there was anybody out there who was going to do uh, a better job with this team. Uh, so I, I you know I don't I don't really buy all that. But yeah, sure. I mean, if you want to pick a a number of years and say if they're not in the finals, uh, I, I I think in the end, you know, look. It, it, Coaches who are around more than five years—that's uh, that's that's a blessing in itself. That's not something you see very often. Uh, but yeah, if you give Brad another three years or so, and he hasn't made the finals, then yeah, you, you're, you'll probably be looking at a change at that point. But uh, but you know, it's 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 a weirdly hypothetical question because you just don't know what's going to happen between now and then. Isn't it especially? And I, this is kind of just occurring to me. Maybe it's been talked about elsewhere, but isn't it especially a hypothetical when it comes to the Celtics, too? Because, sure, I mean, to to wonder what happens three years from now, who knows? And like you said, the the roster will look how it looks, and maybe there's another rebuild coming, or maybe they're going to be right there in the mix for a championship next year. We we just don't know. It's a fascinating offseason. But where I was going with that is, you know, Danny Ainge has been around since 2003, I believe it is. He's great. He's made multiple tremendous trades. He really, I would argue, hasn't lost a trade since the Kendrick Perkins Jeff Green deal and even he still defends that one to this day and and some other people do as well he's he's guided this organization through multiple very challenging rebuilds to get them in a position to potentially compete for championships they win one they bow out after blowing a 3-2 lead in another one again multiple trips to the conference finals but again we're talking about 16 years or whatever it is one championship Wick Grosbeck loves him. Wick loves Brad. Danny loves Brad. Doc, I don't believe, was going anywhere by the organization's choosing. I think he, as we know, he had to force his way out in order to leave. Otherwise, I think he would probably still be here because they love Doc. And so it seems like the Celtics are are particularly slow when it comes to making a change of that magnitude. Like something has to really go wrong. I, I would agree with you, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that they have not been... Uh, an organization, uh, and I understand that that folks are are, are frustrated with with Brad. And I, like I say, I think there's things. The guy, I thought he could have played some of the young guys more uh, throughout, you know, during the season, just to give them some more. You know, there's there's all kinds of things you could kind of poke at. Uh, but 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 they've been very hands off uh, and very big picture. And and I think that that's what you want from an owner. Uh, and because of that, uh, you know, you, you allow the people to under you to do their jobs. And and you know, if you want, call up a Suns fan. If you're going to complain about Brad Stevens, call up a Suns fan and ask what it's like to be a fan of that organization mm-hmm. that, that that you know changes coaches when the wind blows. Uh, you know, it's it's it, you you really don't want that. No, you, you know, want it, continuity. It, 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 yeah, exactly. It, it, it's very frustrating. You don't know uh, what to expect. Uh, you know, free, free agents don't necessarily like that because they don't know what they're getting into. You know, you might sign on because you like a coach, uh, and then he's fired by, by midseason. Uh, you know, if the general managers are changing, then you're constantly having, you know, different five-year plans. The, the Celtics have a lot of stability, and that's a very, very good thing, and, and I don't think that's something that they uh, particularly like to mess with. Uh, you're right. That ownership group has done a terrific job in terms of let's hire some good people and let them do their jobs uh you know a lot of owners uh, uh don't do that and uh and and like i say uh call some of those fans and and ask them if they would rather have the Celtic situation or or the situation that you see in place like uh, uh like phoenix for example or hell the lakers situation I mean, take another well, premier geez, franchise, yeah. and that's a that's a whole other ball of wax. And they've got arguably, I mean, maybe not still today, but one of anyway the best players in the world, <laughs> you know. And and they still are a, a complete train wreck. And they have wreck. every advantage too, Adam. I mean, they yeah. have the best. Uh, They're the Hollywood. Best the weather. I mean, they they've. 
They they have a thirty billion dollar TV deal. The regional TV deal is a thirty billion dollar deal. They've got Hollywood. They've got the weather. They've got the Staples Center. Uh, you, you know, they've got uh, uh, history. You know, they. I, I mean, they're, they're, the they women. have so many advantages. Uh, and 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 look what they look what they are. So I mean, you know, it, you do have to uh, uh, appreciate the stability, uh, even if you have problems with uh, uh, with what Brad Stevens has done here or there. Uh, you know, keep it in perspective. <laughs> that would be my advice. This is a very different gear, but uh, from Nico Ray seventy nine, we mentioned the NBA draft is June twentieth. Sees as you said, they're scheduled to pick at fourteen, twenty, and twenty two, and then fifty one in the second round. A lot can change. I think it probably will. I agree with you on that. The question, though, that that Nico wants to know, and and I suspect others as well, who could you see the Celtics drafting at fourteen? Have you started to take a good look at that? Yeah, uh, you know, certainly uh, I think if the kid from France is there, um, uh, Dumboya, uh, I think that he would be, and and not necessarily as a draft and stash. I don't think he wants to be stashed. I think he wants to come over. So uh, I think if he's there, uh, you know, he's certainly a fascinating prospect. Uh, He's got a lot of work uh, that, that is required. Uh, but uh, but you know he he would be a, a risk worth taking. Um, I think if Bull Bull is still there, you know, uh, basically a top five pick who you're going to have to worry about an awful lot uh, with this foot injury. Um, but uh, uh, if you're the Celtics with their position, if you can get a top five talent with the number fourteen pick, uh, and just just see. I mean, you know, if if it doesn't work out. And okay, but it, it, to me, it's a, a risk worth taking. Uh, you know, so somebody like that, I think there'll be somebody who who kind of slips, who who maybe uh, uh, isn't expected to still be there. Uh, and I think the Celtics would be in a pretty good position at, at 14 to uh, uh, to take advantage of that. So yeah, I, I think that you can pick up a pretty good player there. Um, um, you know, it just depends uh, uh, depends on uh, sort of how things play out in the uh, in the picks of whether somebody else drops. Basically, you know, if there's somebody else that that we're not, you know, Nasir Little or somebody like that, um, you know, that, that there's there's definitely some possibilities that. That somebody we're not expecting winds up being there at 14, uh, and the Celtics can take advantage of that. Interesting question, and and this one is more Boston focused, and I don't mean the Celtics. I mean Boston, the fan base, the city, and and you happen to be a you're a Boston guy, even though obviously you you cover the league on a broad scope. But this person uh, from calling you out 81. How much do you think the success of the other local franchises, and again potentially three championships in the span of of months it's ridiculous has given fans a sense of entitlement because it seems that not long ago this Celtics team was just rebuilding I mean and and, and rebuilding usually you know look if you can rebuild to uh to you know multiple Eastern Conference finals uh uh, appearances uh, as they as they got, uh, you know that's, that's pretty good, uh, you know, and 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 that's something that uh, uh, is 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 hard to do. You know, the NBA is is, is such a hard league uh, to rebuild in uh, because if you don't have one of the top ten players, uh, you, you know, you're you're really in a tough position. And and uh, uh, so the fact that they've been able to rebuild and 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 make themselves a contender, um, you know, obviously they had a lot of help from. Uh, uh, from Billy King and the Nets, and and and, and that is, I'm sure, much appreciated. But uh, but even with that, even with that, they still had to get those picks right. And and you know there were uh, a lot of questions about so you know when they drafted Jalen Brown, for instance, uh, when they drafted Marcus Smart. You know I, mm-hmm. you can go back and 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 a lot of the things that have worked out for them didn't have to work out. And 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 with some teams, again, I hate to keep picking on Phoenix, but but look at you know they've always seemed to be picking around. Where where the Celtics were picking and and the Celtics always seemed to get the player who worked out and the Suns got the player who didn't um, you know and, and and so this can all go very very badly so the fact that the Celtics are where they are uh, is something that uh, um, you know you really do have to appreciate um, don't forget that look before they signed Al Horford. Uh, and you remember this, Adam, and I think a lot of people forget it. The question was, would any free agent ever sign in Boston? And I remember everybody asking that question. Why won't free agents sign in Boston? It's because it's hard. It's because it's hard to sign max free agents. It, it, there's, there's not a lot of them, uh, and if your team's no good, then, then those guys aren't going to want to go there. It's that simple. Uh, and so the fact that the Celtics are, are a team that, uh, that, that, that free agents would go to, that they, they then signed Gordon Hayward, uh, you know, that's, that's something that, that you've got to 
appreciate because it wasn't that way for a long, long time, uh, and it can very easily go back to not being that way. So uh, the, the fact that they are where they are, I think uh, you're right. Even though they haven't won the championship here uh, with this group, um, you know, it's, it, it's still something you have to appreciate where they are. Well, I'm with the entitlement angle. There is an element of, of keeping up with the Joneses and what have you done for me lately, like we talked about before. And and the yeah. Celtics, I think, have just been known historically, the fan base has, has been known as this kind of the, the whole green teamer thing, which is, is viewed really as, as more of an insult than it is a compliment, where you're just sort of happy to be here and nothing's really a problem and, and everything's good, but then you start to see other organizations all of them around you winning and then you're underachieving and there's nobody by your side that's taking some of the focus off of you and you do finally get some of those star players and they don't for one reason or another live up to whatever the expectation is like even Al Horford and I am someone who appreciates Al Horford as a lot of people do but there are plenty of people that will never think that he's worth what they paid him because that definition of a of a max player that 20 and 10 or whatever like that's never been Al Horford but people expect money to correlate to certain statistics versus the other intangibles or little things or whatever and then Gordon Hayward people look at as overpaid as opposed to uh, Celtics doing what they had to do which was market value and nobody even really remembers what he looked like in Utah around here because people weren't watching those games out west they only see the guy who went down five minutes into his Celtics career and has not been the same player since, and they wonder if he ever will be. And, of course, you get a guy in like Kyrie Irving, and and then he's, uh, I don't know, it's too strong to say malcontent, but moody, and is he going to stick around? And so I, I think there is what we know. There's a sense of entitlement among fans because fans just around here over the last two decades accept nothing less than winning, and I think that's that's a good thing ultimately, but it also can <laughs> lead to being a, a little bit delusional and, and overly arrogant. Yeah. Right, right. And, and and I think what happens is that if you put the Celtics in the context of the other teams in Boston, uh, you know, that's one thing, but it's also not fair. You got to put them in the context of the rest of the NBA. And, right. and, and if you want to be, you know, the Charlotte Hornets or you want to be, uh, you know, a team that, uh, uh, that, that can sort of scrape and, and, and win 42 games and get to the playoffs and, uh, and, 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 and get knocked out in the first round and, and then run it back next year and do the same thing. And, and, uh, you know, just kind of keep beating your head against the wall. That's, that's that. There's a, a a lot of NBA teams that, that that are in that position that 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 have to do it that way because uh, because they haven't had some of the breaks the Celtics have. They haven't had some of the good moves uh, that the Celtics have made. Uh, so you really got to put it into that context. Uh, it's you know when you look at the NBA, like I say, it's so hard to get hold of 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 the star players that you need uh, to make you a contender. And uh, I, I I understand that this is a disappointing season uh, for the Celtics, and and uh, uh, and because of that, you know, there's 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 certainly uh, reason to uh, uh, to question what's what, what's happened, and 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 to compare them to the other teams that have uh, come through with uh, uh, you know championships or at least the the finals appearance now for the Bruins. Um, you know, it's it's it, it's really uh, unfair to do that though because it's just. I, it's much harder in the NBA. Uh, there's just so few players, uh, and the fact that the Celtics have some of them, um, you know, is, uh, is 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 sort of a victory in itself. I just do. I love that mentality of like, yeah, we want star players, but no, we don't want that star player. We want that star right. player, which is you know, you get a lot of in Boston. Uh, so one thing that is also very very interesting and more compelling this year than it has been the last handful because we finally have some new blood. NBA Finals is underway, Sean, and, uh, you know, I congrats to the Raptors for taking Game 1. They did it without Kevin Durant on the other side. I figured the Warriors would still win, even without Kevin Durant on the floor, and I think that even when he does return, that they're going to get back on track before that mid-series point. They'll probably take the second game, and, and they will win this series. But just the fact that they're on their heels even a little bit is good for the Finals. It's probably good for the Warriors in some ways. It's definitely good for the Raptors and for the NBA and for ratings and all of that stuff, and for viewers, for fans that want to see an interesting NBA Finals against a, a super team with Toronto being on the map here for really the, the first time. But here's the question. What's better for the Celtics, the Raptors winning or losing in the finals? Ooh, I mean, if the goal is to have Kawhi Leonard land elsewhere, 
I'm not sure it matters. You know, I, I, I think that, that uh, whatever he's going to do at this point, look, if they had gone out in the second round against Philadelphia, which they very nearly did, if Joel mm-hmm. Embiid had been healthy, that, that might be uh, might well have been what happened. Uh, but, uh, but, but you know, then, then we're talking about something that, that might have affected his decision. I think being in the finals with this team, um, you know, win or lose, is, is, is probably going to have the same impact uh, on his decision, but I agree uh, with you. you know, certainly you want you, you really do want uh, uh, to have uh, uh, to, 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 to increase the chances that you possibly have uh, for him leave, leaving Toronto. Uh, I think that them losing, you know, if if they win, I think it'd be a little harder for him. Uh, I, I've heard the opposite mindset that, well, hey, I won you a championship, now I'm going where I really want to be in L.A. Yeah, that's uh, the side but, I would uh, take it from. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, players get greedy. I think if they win one, uh, he would want to come back. Um, so, you know, I think that uh, uh, that uh, that the Warriors winning would probably be best uh, for the Celtics. I think that's probably uh, that's that, that, that's probably best in in terms of that uh, uh, that dynamic playing out. Well, I guess the other side of the question is, you know, that's specific to the Raptors, or at least, you know, your answer was specific to the Raptors and Kawhi. But, you know, the other half of the what's better for the Celtics is the Warriors' future. You know, does them winning or losing impact Kevin Durant's future, Clay Thompson's future? You know, how how the makeup of that team continues win or lose in the finals right here? No, I, I don't think that that the result of this finals is going to have any. I, I think Clay Thompson stays and Kevin Durant goes. I think if they had lost, uh, if they had been swept in the first round, that would have been the case. You know, I think I think Durant has has pretty much made up his mind. Uh, certainly, folks in in uh, in Golden State have have sort of uh, gotten used to that fact or accepted that fact. Um, that uh, that they're just sort of expecting him to leave. Um, you know, he doesn't seem very happy. He hasn't been very happy all year, and and, and you can maybe argue uh, since even before that. Um, you know, he talked about uh, regretting the decision pretty pretty quickly. You know, when he saw all the uh, uh, the hatred directed toward him. So, uh, you know, I think that uh, that that he was always going to leave uh, at this point and um, uh, and go and try to build a team himself. Now, uh, I, whether they win or lose has no impact on whether he winds up with the Clippers or whether he winds up with the Knicks. You know, I don't I don't think that that really uh, you know that decision is going to be made afterwards, but. Uh, uh, but yeah, I'm not sure that uh, uh, that, that that really uh, anything that could happen in the in these playoffs uh, was going to change Kevin Durant's mind in terms of whether he comes or whether he goes. Well, maybe I'm remembering this wrong. He didn't he resign a, a shorter term deal after he had already been there. Yes, right, right. right. So, so signed, I mean, so he couldn't have. I think he was always going to try to you know win three championships. Sure. You know, kind of, he, I think there was always going to be a limited amount of time. In which he was going to stay at Golden yeah. State, win as much as he can, and then uh, uh, and then go on into into something else. You know, there's just there's too many personality clashes going on in that locker room. Yeah, which is you know remarkable. They're able to have the success that they are in spite of all that. And of course, you know, talent has a, a great deal to do with that. And and the Celtics, while very talented, didn't have that level of talent. So I guess we'll you know we'll kind of go full circle here and and wrap it up with this because it's, it's a popular question and has been for many months. Assuming Durant does leave, and you mentioned the Knicks, you know, Clippers as well, but more so the Knicks, does his decision ultimately tie into Kyrie Irving? Or is are, are they not so close that Irving is going to, he's going to do whatever's best for him, and that if that happens to be with Durant, then wonderful, and if it doesn't, it doesn't? Yeah, I, you know, I think, I think obviously if he goes to New York, uh, if, if Kyrie were to go to New York, he would need somebody else to go with, you know. I you can't that that franchise just has nothing in the cupboard right now. So, uh, so they 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 would have to bring in somebody else. And uh, you know, it's always been Durant has been the uh, the rumored guy. So if Durant winds up with the Clippers. Uh, I think that does change Kyrie's thinking, you know, whether it's uh, uh, to stay with the Celtics or perhaps go to the Nets. That's you know, another possibility uh, for him. So, uh, you know, yeah, I think that, uh, uh, that that Durant's decision will will weigh on, on what Kyrie does, um, but I'm not sure it weighs on whether he leaves or not. It's just going gonna, gonna to weigh on where he goes if he does leave. You know, so I think if, if he's going to leave, he's going to make that decision, uh, but, uh, but, but, but once he leaves, where he goes to, 
uh, that's going to that's going to depend uh, in part on Durant, uh, in part on I, I don't really buy the whole Lakers thing. Uh, but uh, but, you know, certainly it's uh, it, it's out there. It's a possibility. It could happen. Uh, but it, but I think the Nets would probably be uh, uh, option number two for him. Huge month for the NBA, gigantic month for the Celtics, and uh, an awfully big month maybe for another star free agent, Sean Devney. Looking forward to uh, seeing where you wind up, my friend. I have no doubt it's going to happen very quickly, though, and I always appreciate you hopping on with me. All right. Thank you, Adam. As usual, and to no surprise, great stuff from Sean. Always love having him on. A lot of great insights. Someone who's clearly very well connected around the NBA. And it's going to be, I've said it a billion times over, it's going to be very, very interesting what happens in the coming weeks. And stay with Celtics Beat because we are going to be right there for you, maybe with some special treats coming up along the way. A couple things in the works. We'll see what pans out. I don't want to give anything away in the event that uh, (laughs) nothing works out. And then I've got... Uh, empty promises. So we'll see what happens and, uh, you know, where things go, obviously, as it concerns both this show and some fun guests and uh, more so the things that we will have to talk about. We're off to a rip-roaring start this offseason already. And uh, if you've missed any past recent shows that are still, of course, immensely relevant since the end of the Celtics season anyway, I encourage you to go back and listen because uh, I can only tweet so much, believe it or not, and there are just so many good things to come out of those shows that I would uh, think you'd want to go back and listen to as a fan of the Celtics and just gaining knowledge and insights into all the different things that Danny Ainge is facing and may do and uh, behind-the-scenes chatter that has been unearthed on this show. We are brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Go to clnsmedia.com slash Celticsbeat. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% bonus on your first deposit. Thanks again to Sean, my producer Evan Valenti. Thanks to Nick, Larry, John, everybody at CLNS Media, and of course, you. We welcome your feedback. You can get me on Twitter, at Adam M. Kaufman. If you like the shows, and I hope you do, and you want more, leave us ratings, leave us reviews on iTunes. Just search Celtics or Celtics Beat. You'll find us, I promise. Everything makes a big difference, no matter how silly that may sound. So subscribe, and show releases will continue each and every Sunday throughout the offseason you know as as breaking news happens we'll be right there to react to it maybe break some stuff along the way if we're fortunate as well i'm adam happy june happy summer enjoy some nice weather get us out of here gino Hello, I'm Dan Lothian, host of the Behind the Media podcast on the CLNS Media Network. Along with Jimmy Young, we dive into the biggest media headlines each week with honest, informed, and sometimes irreverent perspectives. It's not all serious. We deliver information and entertainment. As we like to say on Behind the Media, we find the interesting in media so you don't have to go searching for it. Listen to our podcast and get prepped for the next trip to the water cooler. Subscribe to Behind the Media wherever you get your podcasts or find us on www.clnsmedia.com.